I don't know if we're going to be getting a lot of, like, Catholic fans tuning in, though, to be honest. (laughs) Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate. Relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Alex Owens was a Catholic schoolgirl. Now, they have an OnlyFans, and they strip for money. While they are an awesome and complex person, that's all I'm going to give you for an intro. Roll session. Welcome to another session of Intimate Interactions. I am here with Alex Owens, who is on OnlyFans as OnlyFans.com slash HeyAlexOwensVIP, who is part of Bad Company Burlesque. They do weekly... Sh- you're doing weekly shows in February, right? Um, maybe. I'm not going to say we are or aren't yet, but... <laughs> We will most likely be doing weekly shows at some point in the future. (laughs) Got it. We are currently speaking to you from the 2021 pandemic that started with SARS-CoV. Well, I guess which number two, which causes originally the disease known as COVID-19, but now might as well be called COVID-19-2021 question mark. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to mention that Alex Owens is part of the BIPOC burlesque or variety collective known as Diasporic Dynasty, which is planning on putting on a show in the future as well, probably every couple of months. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Great. So we were going to talk about you growing up as a sexually repressed Catholic schoolgirl. Yeah. Are you excited to talk about that, Alex? <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> So yeah, so tell tell me more about like growing up as as like a girl in in a Catholic environment. Okay, well I grew up um, in a small northern BC town. Um, I think including the surrounding area was like ten thousand people, um, so pretty small. Awesome. Um, I went to. Catholic elementary school so we would have church every Friday and then I also because of that and because of my mother who was the Catholic one um, experienced a baptism and communion which are like Catholic uh, rituals. Rich, rituals yeah um, the I- Eucharist <laughs> I don't even Literal know. Literal so magic. Long ago. <laughs> like, what is it? What are they called? Um, yeah, literal magic happens where a wafer is literally transformed into literal flesh <laughs> of the one true God of the universe for those who are unfamiliar with the ritual. Mm, yes. <laughs> and if it sounds like people should be wearing dark coats and be in a scary cabal, what makes you so sure they aren't already? If they was? Sorry, I just. 
it just there's something about that like the notion of like this rice cracker from costco is actually going to transform into the physical flesh of the body of our lord and savior jesus christ and you're like i feel like i should be wearing a hooded robe for this and that we need to like light some like dim the lights light some candles you know use a secret password to get in not tell anybody like it's very yeah like come into my treehouse. i have a ritual to perform (laughs) it's just it really is um not to be super disrespectful of like the church of rome because yeah that for (laughs) for folks who are catholic you are following roman religion which is also okay there's nothing wrong with religion being from a specific part i'm sorry my atheist side is showing take it away alex (laughs) um yes so uh my mother is colombian and her whole family is like very catholic um so that was those ideals were just like imposed on me i guess she has a very like strong like aggressive personality um and my father was not so religious or like not really at all but he was kind of like you you do what you gotta do um and he was like kind of supportive he was just like there he wasn't like don't do it he was like, we're just doing this because your mom wants to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so coupled with like her intense Catholicism, I guess that's how you say it. Catholicism. Yep. Yeah, you got it. Cthulhu. <laughs> They do seem similar to me, but that's because yeah. I'm an atheist. There's like something about like the tentacles. <laughs> so that's not hilariously half. Uh, no, you got yeah, it right. Yeah, yeah, Cthulhu okay. is the tentacles. It's the octopus derived like sea god that has a cult yeah. worshiping him at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, perfect. In like, in like, what was it? Is that, um, oh, it's going to bother me now. He's the super racist science fiction writer from way back when that wrote a whole bunch of horror. Why is this escaping me? It's Lovecraftian. Lovecraft. It's Lovecraft. Yeah. 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 That's right. Sorry, folks who are fans of Cthulhu. Also, sorry, folks who are fans of Catholicism. I feel like I'm going to need to put content warnings on this. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to be getting a lot of like Catholic fans tuning in though, to be honest. You don't have to worry. That's true. This is, this is, this is, yeah, 100%. You're right. Yeah. So what I was going to say was I actually grew up Catholic, sort of half Catholic. My, my okay. hilariously, my white side was all Catholic. Okay. And then my brown side was all Hindu. Mm. Um, but because my dad was like very anti-religion because he grew up Catholic, I like mm. was Catholic. I was Catholic when my extended family was around. Mm. In a sense, like I went to summer to a Catholic summer school at one point. That was a weird experience. Oh. It was like. I, I went to I went to Sunday school, sorry, um, a, f- a couple of times and like was just like, what the fuck is going on here? And like the teachers and like administrators didn't know what to do with me like when I was there because I would just like ask all these questions <laughs> and then be like unapologetically unaccepting of their answers and like demand more answers. And they would be like, well, you know, like the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, like when he when he created like a billion Muslims to just go to their death so they could suffer for all of eternity with no hope of ever being redeemed. He does work in mysterious ways, doesn't he? Um, but like this was me at like 12, just like railing things at Damn, them, like with a lot of like you. venom. 
Good for you. Well, I just, I hated, I hated what they were saying. I'm like, I'm not going to be afraid of hell. Like, why should I be afraid of a God who's going to condemn me to hell for all of eternity? Like, that's beyond cruel and unusual yeah. and is unacceptable in someone we admire. Yeah. And they were like, you ask a lot of good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? Anyways, so TLDR, when I, whenever I was exposed to Catholicism, it was like water and oil. And to the credit of those teachers, they were actually really polite considering how much I was like, I don't get it like why mm. um, they were super they were super played i was a shit disturber in their classes and they actually handled it really well all things considered oh that's that's cool i was like not a shit disturber <laughs> <laughs> i like i mean maybe i was because like all i wanted to do was like talk to my friends and like talk about boys <laughs> amazing amazing like, but i mean besides that like i didn't really like ask questions or like anything like that because i think that was like I, I i got in trouble like so much at home for like literally just existing like pretty much every day that i yeah. just like i didn't feel like getting more of that like somewhere yeah. else that wasn't my house <laughs> yeah yeah you're like, I get enough judgment and hate as it is. So, like, can I just keep a low profile and maybe get less? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, yeah, I don't know. I I seem to remember, like, often getting in trouble, like, in elementary school for, like, stuff that I didn't do, like, stuff that other people did. And so just, mm -hmm. yeah, it added, it just added to, like, me really trying to not get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but like now I don't give a shit <laughs> do you watch any Rick and Morty um I have like been exposed to some Rick and Morty just because of like the people around me like watching it or like stuff like that but I haven't really like sat down to like watch it you were you were just giving off some big Rick energy of like I don't give a fuck <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> Yeah. So you grew up as a Catholic schoolgirl and there was tons of like hate and judgment and you kept a low profile and weren't a shit disturber. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that goes also for like um, anything to do with sexuality. Um, I was often like accused of like weird sexual things. Like I, <laughs> okay. as a child, like for example, um, I was with my mom and I think like my aunt or something and we were like somewhere in Colombia like vacationing and I like I put on my swimsuit because I thought we were gonna go to like the pool and then like my mother like yelled at me because I like went out like in my swimsuit with nothing else and she was like accusing me of being like an exhibitionist and like doing it so people would like look at me and I was like I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, later it turned out, like, all to be true. <laughs> so, I yourself, mother. <laughs> You're like, joke's on you, mom. Yeah. I was an exhibitionist. But, yeah. I mean, maybe not as a prepubescent child, but as no, an adult. definitely. That was not my intention at that point. <laughs> no, I was quite shocked that she came to that conclusion. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I had, like, uh, several of those instances happen to me, unfortunately, when I was a child um, with her. 
which was obviously just, you know, her projecting her like internalized shame about her own sexuality or like trauma or something. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite a lot to deal with as someone who was just finding out about that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Like being a literal child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, I don't even know. Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a rude introduction to sexuality to sort of as okay. a child have all of these like intentions projected onto you and like receive all these messages about your body and like Yeah. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, like maybe this is like the case with a lot of people's experience with their parents, but there was a lot of like self-body shaming like body weight like comments all the time like on herself and like on me when like I could see that like what she was saying like wasn't grounded in reality um yeah it was tough like growing up with her um she like has a lot of like mental stuff going on like I'm not exactly sure like all the things Um, But she does seem to kind of, like, exist in, like, several different versions of reality at the same time. Um, Like... I I relate to having a mom like that. Yeah. (laughs) My mom definitely exists within several versions of the present and is very happy to switch between them as it serves her purposes to escape accountability responsibility or guilt Mm -hmm. and i don't even mean guilt from other people i mean like self-imposed stuff yeah totally um yeah it like got so bad like i was like an early teenager like 14 or so and like she would call the cops on me like randomly like i would like go out of my room and there would be like a cop in our living room and i'd be like fucking hell like i gotta go to work like <laughs> oh, and then for tell tell me more like what, what would she tell the police about you well she was convinced that like i had like porn on like my phone that like i was hiding which was totally not the case i mean if it was or wasn't like that's still totally inappropriate behavior from her but mm-hmm. i was not like into that or had that on my phone but she was completely convinced of this and like the officer would be like hey so like your mom says you have this on your phone like do you and I'd be like no and she'd be like okay like sorry that you have to deal with your mother (laughs) I was like thank you she's like I'm gonna go I'm like okay (laughs) yeah that's pretty amazing yeah Yeah. we're sorry you have to deal with your mother (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah i'm sorry i had to deal with her as well yeah yeah that's pretty rough and now you make porn as one of the things you do as one of the many (laughs) i have lots of porn on my phone now of myself (laughs) that's awesome thank you i should i should um promote your stuff um, just so that any people joining us or just listening in 
um, go to your OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com forward slash Hey Alex Owens VIP because I don't promote shit. I've I've learned recently that promoting things once in an episode isn't enough, and yeah. I have had guests literally be like, "Why are you not promoting your Patreon?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I should probably promote my Patreon," <laughs> which incidentally is at Patreon.com forward slash Victor Salmon. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh yeah. So. We have covered a fair amount already. We were talking about all of your first exposures to sex and sexuality and how you were sort of inducted. I'm curious how much of an open book you are, but how you sort of made the transition from a lot of shame around sex to mm. starting to understand, like, do you mind if I ask, like, what your first experiences with sex were or, like, how that impacted you as a human being? Yeah, totally. Um, well, actually, I my first experience with sex was with my partner who I live with now, nine years later. <laughs> um, and well, I guess I really started like exploring my sexuality, I guess like when I was 19 or 20, something like around there, probably 19. I, I was feeling very stagnant, like, creatively like with my life I just kind of like got out of acting school that I didn't finish and I went on a big trip to Bali to like find myself and I was like damn I feel like I really need to do something drastic in my life and so I thought like okay what is something I would never do <laughs> and I thought burlesque I would never do burlesque so I'm gonna try it <laughs> And so I didn't even really know like what burlesque was, but I signed up for like a few like classes, I think like a short little workshop. And I realized like, wow, like I have never found anything before that is so me. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So that, I guess I kind of started like getting comfortable, like, being nearly naked like in front of like a crowd and stuff like that which yeah was like exciting and fun and new um and I guess around that time I also started going to kind of like fetish parties and stuff like that um like kink parties dance parties um festivals where like nudity and sexuality is like more open um and then yeah so I guess I did that for a while and then yeah so I've been doing burlesque and that stuff for a few years um and a year before the pandemic started I decided to try stripping um it just seemed like it was a lot of things that I liked or wanted to be good at or was good at, like all in one package, plus the shmoneys. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, those are all good reasons to go for it. <laughs> plus they pay me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, like I am a performer. I love dancing. I love interacting with people. I love psychology. I love like the psychology of like selling like that kind of thing um yeah so I did that for a year um and the pandemic hit and I 
didn't really do any sex work stuff for about a year or maybe less than a mm -hmm. year when the pandemic started. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been hearing about like this thing called OnlyFans. Like, and I was like, oh, I don't know, like if I should do it because, you know, once your stuff is on the internet, it's like, it's out there, you know? Right. Like, and, you know, people leak it, like they steal it, like you can of watermark it, do. but you know, people, it's going to happen at some point. Like, so. I, when I was doing online sex work, I had people leak my stuff as well. Ugh, that sucks. It, well, and I was only doing live shows, but people would like screen cap it and they would record yeah. the live show and then they would just post it. Yeah. So it's like, basically, you're 100% what you're saying is correct. All you can really say is like, I don't know. I mean, you can put up a like sort of, um, the only turnoff I have is like people who pirate my stuff. Yes. Seriously, though. <laughs> If, I feel like if you put that in, it's like the kinds of people that would want to pirate your stuff and watch it will be like, oh, but I, I don't want to turn this person off. Yeah. It's just like one of the only motive. I mean, that's my hope anyways. I have no evidence to back this up. I just like. That's a good one, though. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of like battled with that, like in my brain for a while. But I really wanted to try it. And. I didn't want to let like my perception of other people's judgments on me affect my decision making, which is like easier said than done. But this I feel was like a really like big opportunity to make a choice that is aligned with who I want to be in that way. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I, started doing that um, my other partner that I don't live with Sam um, has really been helping me out like he has been starting to explore photography like alongside me so it's been a really good like collaborative creative thing as well um, and it's been a lot of new skills um, that I've had to learn um, I am not like a tech savvy person or like someone that really enjoys like being on a computer for long amounts of time. So that was a big learning curve, just like being okay with like technology and like using it. Um, so I, I taught myself how to like edit videos, um, the video editing program, um, being like a model in a video is like a whole thing. Like I hadn't really had much experience even like acting. I've done like a few like acting in kind of film um, situations, but most of my acting experience has been like theater, like live stuff. So that was really new to me also. Totally different from camera stuff. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Different energy. Like I'm so new to it now, but yeah, and like kind of figuring out like characters um, and kind of like getting rid of like nervous kind of energy or um, like habits that I would see myself do like on camera and kind of like refine that so you just get like more of the actual stuff mm -hmm. that I want to get across. Um, yeah, 
So it's been really fun creatively. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you have any closing comments that you want to make about sort of that early Catholic experience of almost coming out of the closet as a sexual human being? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess um, I feel like sometimes I feel like angry that I kind of had to wait until like so late to like start doing that work. And mm. sometimes I think like, wow, like how far ahead would I be now if I didn't have to, you know, just focus on purely surviving until I was 18. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's stuff that I've kind of been working through like now, um, just like my feelings around that and like, you know, trying to like find self-compassion just for like where I am and like practicing patience for my growth. And, you know, I'm sure that going through those tough experiences has taught me like a lot that I'm sure will come into play at some point in my life. Like I totally believe that I went through that like for a reason you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just a lot of feels about that. A lot of new feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a lot of, um, oh, great. What a wonderful opportunity for growth this has presented. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for being on the session of Intimate Interactions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash Intimate Victor, or tweet me at Intimate Victor, or follow my Instagram, you guessed it, at Intimate Victor. If you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes. Or you can just tell a friend. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords, and played by an AI-rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well. <laughs>